We live in a complex, multi-layered world. If you don't pay attention, well, most of the time you're safe, but if you're not paying attention to certain things, certain key factors, you won't notice hidden threats that are going to hurt you, kill you, destroy you, or that you're unwittingly uh, feeding and empowering to cause damage in the future. So you always need to keep yourself mindful of things. This is MJ. Right now, uh, I love Tokusatsu, and uh, right now I want to talk about Kamen Rider 01, Episode 11. So starting off with the new things, this is the first time we've seen Hirobi almost give um, uh, one of the extinction belts and uh, and a, a shot, a thingy, a doobly-doo, uh, to one of the, um, the Humagear. And he gives it to this actor, Humagear, which we don't physically see him give it to him. We just cut to the actor having it, and we get no good shots of him. He's in a rhino-looking armor. He has uh, samurai-type armor on his uh, on his waist, the plated uh, swinging down stuff. Anyway, not not really a good scene. Um, it's super quick how he's dealt with, especially because this was dealt with over two episodes. Anyway, um, more importantly than that, uh, Amatsu guy is really, no, (laughs) Aruto is introduced to a Matsugai, and uh, no one, or the person who introduces the two of them is none other than Yaiba Yua. We learn that while she does work for Ames, she is there from Zaya Corporation, which is a much larger business than Heden Intelligence. Uh, We got to see their name pretty prominently uh, when the tour bus thing was going on in like the third or fourth episode when they were going to Daybreak Town. Um, We've seen that there's a guy who's been giving her stuff, and it makes a little bit more sense now. Uh, I don't like how that diminishes her role because she's not the one developing the technology, but it's going to give her moral stakes, I think, as we see what she's going to do if she's going to betray Zaya because her intention when she fought with Yasamu, or when they uh, were having some tension in the last episode was that she wanted to take down Heden and you know his only concern was taking down the uh, the Humagear so that they wouldn't you know hurt people um, but now her attitude of Humagear being tools etc uh, etc et it might be because she's being used as a tool to manipulate this company to bring it down uh, I don't know it, it adds an interesting dimension to uh, things but I'm not 100% sure no I know I, I it makes me a little uncomfortable with how she's being handled now because it feels like she's being sidelined a little. So Little Assassin is becoming one of the most fascinating characters. Uh, he is definitely being given an arc. Not only is his um, Magir form changing uh, when he transforms, uh, it's becoming more advanced. There's like more weapons, uh, more fiddly bits. I saw a scan uh, and I was surprised this episode by how it looked in action, let's say. Anyway, uh, he also has pink streaks in his hair that he didn't have before. And he is acting more fluidly, um, less robotically and sillily as he was when he was first introduced, which I mentioned last episode, so I won't belabor it. But I just thought it was interesting that even his hair is changing. And I think that's pretty neat. Good stuff, man. Uh, Anyway, um, as I was talking about, his form changed. uh, He just looks cool. The Dodo form, like, it's got all these crazy bullet things on him that he can, you know, shoot off with his sword. It kind of reminds me of the way he fights uh, and the visualization of it is kind of like the Gokaijers, which is uh, kind of fun. Uh, I don't know why that would be, but I guess he's got the two things crossing over his chest, kind of like a couple of uh, bandoliers, too, which is kind of fun. Seiji Takawa's performance as Kamen Rider Hirobi is pretty dope. Uh, he plays, the, the, between his years of experience and the way the director is framing everything, and actually the new guy, too, the way he's reacting uh, to 
Uh, I think Takahashi is the, or is it Yuya? You use the new suit actor uh, for Zero One. Anyway, uh, between the combination of everybody working together, uh, Hirobi looks amazing and looks imposing and looks like a real legitimate threat. And I like that he's getting to be that and that the villains are getting to be that serious threat. Um, Yaiba didn't get much action, uh, but she got to destroy the bugster. She's Lightning Hornet again, which is a great suit. Uh, I really, really do like it. And I didn't think I was going to like the uh, Henshin device being a gun. Uh, it seemed kind of dumb to me, but I don't know. They, they make it work. They make it flow. Um, them being militaristic uh, is part of it, but then like the way she grabs her belt. Uh, and they do a lot of interesting things where, like, you know, when she transforms, she spins her um, her progress key. That's what it's called, man. Uh, anyway, she spins that. I'm sure they have that on a little rig or something. And I think someone in the Toku Twitter community uh, made something similar uh, and showed it off. And that was pretty cool. Anyway, um, but, like, the way they do the cuts, like, she spins the thing, she brings it up to her side. And then you see it, they almost always take another angle on her. So I'm pretty sure she has to, you know, the actress has to let that go pick up something else, and then, you know, continue the uh, the transformation scene. But anyway, it looks really cool. But here they have her grab her belt, and it's like there were a lot of quick cuts in this episode that went between the fight that she was having with the whatever and uh, the Hirobi um, Zero One fight. And, like, the fight was a little disjointed. Oh, I did want to say that I felt like there was one scene where Takawa was uh, shooting, the or Hirobi was shooting an arrow, and it looked like Takawa was uh he wasn't trying very hard. He His heart wasn't in it. But then that was in the beginning of the episode and then the later half. Uh, and in the beginning it was all chopped up like I was talking about with, with the fight with uh, with Lightning Hornet and this other thing. Um, and uh, then later on he, he was like totally dedicated to the fight. So I, I, I just wonder what happened. Was it rushed? Were they just trying to show off the new toy? Because they kept showing off the bow and arrow like multiple times and it was kind of intrusive. So, you know, not, not well done there. I'll, I'll take off some points for them doing that this episode. But... Uh, there's some a larger point I want to talk about, getting back to hidden threats, and I like... Uh, anyway, and I just would like to talk about that for a couple minutes. So when Yaiba takes Aruto in to meet the president, um, Mr. 1000, gosh, I cannot remember his name right now. I'm just going to call him Zaya, because I'm pretty sure he's going to call Aruto Hedon, and it'll be Hedon and Zaya, and they're going to be personifications of their corporations. Blah. Anyway, um, I wish his name was Kaiba. Uh, that would make things a little easier. Anyway, uh, his office is very interesting. Uh, we've seen it kind of draped in shadow when um, when Yaiba's been in there before because they're trying to keep things mysterious, but apparently that's just how the guy rolls. He's got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, at least seven huge windows which have huge um, coverings on them blocking off the rest of the world. Uh Hidden Intelligence, they're in a big skyscraper. It's very tall. There's lots of glass everywhere you can see through. Um, and the Zaya Corporation uh, building is kind of low and wide and sprawling. It's, you know, got a horizontal spread versus a vertical spread, um, which is interesting to me. I don't know what that signifies, but I think the fact that their buildings are so different signifies something. I think the fact that Aruto's or that Hidden Intelligence has these open windows and there's a transparency going on um, means something. And I think the fact that the this guy has all these windows, but they're all opaque and covered up, means something. And then on top of that, when Yaiba leaves the room, um, Zaya guy um, has some sort of uh, like AR um, holographic thing change the room and it adds chairs and stuff. Uh, which is kind of interesting. It adds chairs that they can actually sit on. 
because there weren't chairs. Interesting. I wonder what that, what the implications of that might be, but I'm running out of time. So anyway, um, it totally transforms the look of the room, and it's like, it's all lies, it's all deception, it's all hidden, and then we discover at the end of the episode that he is the one somehow orchestrating or staging the, oh my gosh, uh, the uh, the attacks of Hirobi and Jin. And I wonder if we're going to find out... So, the satellite is Zia, and that's linked to Hedon Intelligence. Apparently, Hedon and Zaya work together to create the Humagear or early models of the Humagear, something like that. Uh, except for Zaya is a much larger organization who has more power and more capabilities, and I wouldn't be surprised if they have their own brand of Humagear or something like it. Um, Interesting that the Ark is giving directions to Hirobi and Jin, and it's a satellite that never launched. Um, but it was supposed to be like a, a control satellite like Zaya is. Um, but I wonder if because the Zaya guy is orchestrating a, a coup or orchestrating a political uh, pillaring... Like, he wants to destroy Hedon so that he can buy it out, basically, and grab, grasp more control for himself. Is it possible that he's sending signals to the Ark that are telling Harobi and Jin what to do so that he can bring down Hedon intelligence so that he can seize it, he can devalue it and seize it as an asset for himself? I don't know. I think that's fascinating. I think that's a very interesting concept. And uh, I think that's just, if that's all it is, though, that's that's not good enough. I, I, I need there to be more, but I am intrigued by what's going on. And I do like the idea that this sets up that Aruto, like I'd complained about in the beginning of the series, he was just getting these progress keys um, oh, and why does Zaya want Yaiba to bring him more progress keys? That kind of doesn't make sense to me. He wanted something new, and he got an extinction one from her. That kind of fascinates me because uh, there's just a lot going on, a lot we don't know. Um, there's a lot of things that can be explored. Uh, it doesn't seem like it's just about a corporate takeover. It seems like there must be something more because maybe he's trying to get information from the keys. Uh, you know, all the common writers chasing data since, you know, double... Um, or was it before Double? Anyway, I know in Double they needed more information so they can keep learning about the guy memories and whatnot. Anyway, um, gosh, this is interesting. I don't know what this means, where this is going, but, uh, I, I sense that Zaya will enter the fray. Um, he, I mean, he's got all these progress keys. I, I would think, uh, it feels like, uh, this is Yuya Takahashi, so we might be having another, uh, CEO guy jumping in and being a common writer. He's a good-looking guy. Looks fit. Looks like he could, uh, you know, henchin and uh, provide a voice role. So I don't know. Is it possible that he's going to be uh, manipulating Jin and Hirobi? They'll become disheartened um, since the five of them are uh, standing next to each other at the end of the uh, OP. The five writers. I mean, uh, is it possible that they are going to learn that their rebellion against humanity is all a fabrication? Uh, fueled by this guy for his corporate interests and his greed, and therefore they're going to turn against him and he'll become some larger threat that the five riders will all have to face together. Harobi, I mean, <laughs> human gear and humans standing together against uh, this corporate jerk. I don't know, I think that would be interesting. Uh, I would like to explore uh, the concepts of monopoly and corporate, or uh, cap government capture, or capture of government by private industry, which is crony capitalistic and is not true, uh, you know, laissez-faire good market stuff that I'm interested in and that I like. Um, but anyway, I'm running out of time and we can discuss more of that stuff later, especially if it only, but only if it becomes part of the show because I'm not going to inject my politics into this Common Rider show. Although I will talk about things that are uh, relevant. Speaking of which, though, I did not like um, the idea that Zaya is obviously manipulating things to leverage an investigation of Hedon into 
uh, or uh, leverage the state to uh, launch an investigation into Heaton. That is corruption, and that's bad. And um, I wonder who he had to bribe to make that happen. <sighs> and if there's a phone call or a transcript, we can get, uh, you know, exposed to us. Anyway, um, but then again, as a uh, sensible person, I believe, you know, a corporation like Heaton, if they have parts that are causing damage, they should be investigated. But uh, if it's proven that they're innocent, then like, you know, their assets should be returned to them and the business should be able to go on. And you got to think about all the people who Heaton employs. And uh, if it were to become bankrupt because of this guy manipulating things so that he can have more, think about all the little people who would be hurt and all the people who are end users of the human gear products who would be uh, have their lives diminished by not being able to benefit from them anymore. And that's uh, it's kind of sad. Anyway, I'm totally out of time. I'm going to have to get out of here now. And uh, I apologize for going over my typical 10-minute episode length. But if you like this, let me know, and maybe I'll push it to 15. Uh, or feel the latitude to go up to 15 when it warrants it. MJ Loves Toku can be found on YouTube, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher. Check out mjmunoz.com for my other review series. Another writer cast, King of Hearts, Queen of Sorrows, Going Ultra, and Swinging Through Comics, as well as my writing projects. Love what I do? Want to support me? My Coffee and Redbubble accounts have you covered. Relevant links below. If you had a good time, like, share, and leave a comment. What do you think is going to happen with Zaya? Is he going to become a writer? Is Yaiba getting screwed over? Uh, just like all the other lady writers in past. And if you're a new person to Kamen Rider and Tokusatsu, there's a rich tradition of women getting screwed and shafted. Uh, not in the pleasing way. Oh my gosh. Uh, this video is not for children, YouTube. Okay, so don't be mad at me. Anyway, um... Yeah, women uh, don't get the best treatment. Uh, look up the trailer for Common Rider Fies if you can find it, and then watch the first episode of Common Rider Fies, and uh, you'll know what I mean. Anyway, uh, let me see. Ba, 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 ba. Okay, yes. So, anyway, you can leave a comment about that. And if you want to ask about that because you're new here, uh, that'd be great. And if uh, if you think I'm being flippant about this, I really do care about Yaiba, and I was excited for her to be a great character, and I'm worried that that's not going to happen now, especially with how much uh, Fuwa has been set up as a foil to... Um, to watch his face to Aruto. Anyway, um, that being said, subscribe and ring that bell uh, to stay current on uh, weekly Zero One reviews. And remember, you don't have to shout Henshin to be a hero.